This is the We Talk Nerd Podcast. A podcast sponsored by PixelPubGaming.com. This podcast is about everything nerd covering games, movies, comics, and technology. Now, now it's time, time to, to get, get nerdy. nerdy. I'm your host, Brandon. Hit subscribe. Pass go. Collect $200. I'm Andrew. I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I play the board game. And I'm Rob. Meeples are people too. Ah, nice. I don't understand that reference. Yeah, but that's all right. <laughs> we're going to be talking about board games today. Board yes. games. And we have, uh, luckily, our resident board game expert, Rob. Not so much an expert as much as purchaser and <laughs> current storage facilitator of. Also supporter hmm. of, because you... And supporter of, support, I, I do kickstart. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've kickstarted a couple that I found interesting, and some have paid off in big, big ways. I agree. And so, I have played with him in all those board games. Very good. Sure. Yeah, board games are one of those weird things, you know. I remember growing up and, you know, being around, like, the family table and stuff and playing Monopoly and, mm-hmm. you know, with sister and mom and dad and really getting into it, but also kind of bumming everyone else out because they didn't like the competitive aspect of it oh man because monopoly can get <laughs> yeah. straight up evil right absolutely monopoly straight cut through yes especially when you've got your sister mortgaging all of her properties <laughs> you know? yeah, mortgage all your properties so you can live <laughs> i'm not bailing you out <laughs> i would say the same as risk risk gets very and lengthy you know mm-hmm. Um, the game of life is another one that we all know and somewhat enjoy, possibly. Well, enjoy is a weird one because I think if you got the original thing, you would have you like everything seems so outdated. It's like you get a job making five thousand dollars a year, and it's, <laughs> it's right. Everyone can live off of that. It's like I don't think that's quite right anymore. <laughs> and like it's we had a really old version, so it skewed my idea of how much you actually need to make to survive for a long time. So I think the guy who made thirty thousand dollars was like a millionaire in today's world. Holy cow! Yeah, <laughs> but that's what 30, we know. 000. That's yeah. what we know from the past for the board games. But yeah. really, they've evolved, and they it's, I, I would say it's like a renaissance. Like there's so many board games coming out. Well, sure. So there's. They're... I would say that there's really been about a decade of just a lot of innovation in board game space and. Of course, there were some games that really made that happen, but you can't go anywhere nowadays without seeing board games at a coffee shop or a bar even. That's right. Yeah. It's definitely on the up and up. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and just part of the, the fabric, right? You got people that play board games in a way on like Facebook. You know, they're doing like their, you know, like the Mafia Wars or, uh, you know, Farmville is kind of, uh, can be traced back to board game type of properties. Right. And then there's more party games now. The things that, you know, co-op games that we have. But really, like, there's there's so many types of games that we're going to go over and even give some recommendations to. Yeah, sure. And we've broken it down to a couple of different types of games. And we'll, we'll spend a little bit of time talking about some of the kind of outstanding ones uh, in that genre. That's mm-hmm. not to say that they're only in that genre. You're going to hear us repeat a couple of them. Um, and some that seem like they're repeated, but they're actually just different takes on the same uh, same formula. Yeah, we have like when we're gonna start is at least what's what's trending now is legacy games. Yeah, legacy games are hot right now. 
They're taking old games and making them legacy games. Making them relevant for a time um, and also making seasons out of them, right? Sure. Yeah, the the first one that I heard of um, was Risk Legacy, where you would sit down to your board game of Risk like you would like any any normal time. And then you'd play and then they, as things were happening, they'd make you put like stickers on the map and you would change the board forever. And then the next time you played, the decisions and the outcomes of previous battles or previous decisions were now part of your new game. It's amazing. That's, it's very, very good dynamic. Um, but there are, there are some caveats to these specific legacy games because you're playing over time. Mm-hmm. You usually you usually do want the same uh, players because it's an experience. That's that's part of the experience, right? Right. Yeah, you're so, typically looking at a um, a play rotation of about anywhere from twelve to twenty four games in one of these legacy boxes. So if you figure that you're going to pay forty to fifty dollars for most of these legacy games, um, you're only getting you know. Potentially, it's four two to four dollars per game, right? Like mm-hmm. per play. So there is definitely a expiration date on these because once you're done with them, not a whole lot more you can do with it. There's some you know some examples of ones where they you can continue playing after you're done. There's like a what they call like free play or like new game prologue or something. Kind of yeah. yeah, new game plus. <laughs> I like it. Um, I don't want to ruin things, but um certainly a lot of the legacy games will leave you with a game you can still play at the end. Um, although it'd be changed and shaped by your decisions and what you did, you know, throughout the game. Which leads to a really good question for the players. What kind of player are these games uh, gearing toward someone, yeah. someone that really loves that specific game and wants to play it over and over or has a bunch of friends that want, that want to get together for a, those, that weekly time period. What do you think? Yeah, so um, so if I was advocating this for Brandon, I would ask him a couple questions. So let's do a quick, uh, you know, back and forth here, Brandon. I would say okay. you're interested in getting started up on a legacy game, but I might say, okay, well, how many people do you think you'd have playing on a regular basis with you? Mm-hmm. And then, and you can answer these. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> four. All right, four. you got four. Excellent. And you think it'd be the same people each each uh, week? I mean. I know that it needs to be right. (laughs) (laughs) That can be tough though. So there is a bit of balance there. If you've, if you got some people that are known to flake that can really impact your, your appreciation and, uh, you know, you are, if you're the flaky person in the group. Yes. If you're a flaky person (laughs) and someone's about to put up their $50 board game for you to come in and ruin, uh, be a better man, (laughs) be a better person. (laughs) Look, I can't make that kind of commitment in my life right now. It's just too much. I'm not emotionally, mature enough to handle this because you're going to be dealing with about 12 playing weeks of games. And that's assuming you do this weekly. Cause if you did this monthly, you know, this could be a year of your life. True. You know, right. Waiting it'll take, it'll take a whole, like at least a night to complete one game. Typically. Yeah. It's usually like a two to three hour uh, type of type of play. Um, so I th- let's get into a couple of examples of them and, you know, these are kind of the stars, I would say, or at least the ones that I think are some of this, the like the hotness. So Pandemic Legacy is kind of looked at as the benchmark for just best legacy game series out there right now. Uh-huh. And what really drives that is not just because you're playing Pandemic over and over again, the Pandemic game that, you know, a lot of people know and love, 
but it's drastically different from session to session. <clears throat> so and their seasons. Yeah, and their seasons. Their uh, season two just came out, which is truthfully just another box for you to buy. <laughs> it's not like <laughs> a, you know, it's not DLC you can add in, but it's um, it's nice that it's carrying on because if you, I, I would liken Pandemic Legacy to almost like World War Z, like things start happening and there's you know infections that are going around and no one's safe from anybody and the government's all you know the government so that's right kids our board games have stories yes yes so and and yeah the narrative is is a big part of that too so you got to be willing to kind of invest yourself into okay what's the story what's the theme what's happening in this game what's, and what's, what's it the world happen? exactly what is the new normal because you guys are building it as you go yeah yeah and that's you, the experience yeah yeah what other board games we got well i would say the next one is uh you know a game that we've talked about a little bit in different formats but betrayal legacy is mm. the betrayal at uh, house on the hill um Fantastic. taken into a you know legacy format so for this one you're looking at about 12 sessions um uh playthrough and if you've ever played that game you know that there's a you never know who the betrayer is going to be right off the bat. And every single one that we played was different from the previous one. There, there was no repetitive games or, okay, we're going to do this thing again. It was a very rewarding experience because they could tailor it just to these 12 experiences. Whereas normally in betrayal, you get like 50 haunts, right? right? So yeah. 50 haunts, it's going to get watered down. You're going to end up with some that just are not too stellar. But I would say of the ones that we end up doing, 75% were top notch, some of the best I've ever played. I agree. I mean some of these some of these are very memorable. Um I mean and and with all of the items and and different dynamics of people that you play with, it it changes. Everything changes. So even if you played probably the same one, it's probably going to be a little different. <laughs> what yeah. kind of group size are we looking at here? So for betrayal, you're still looking at uh 4 to 5 uh being mm -hmm. the the best I size do. anything lower than that you're going to end up having people get ganged up on um meaning you're get, you have basically the premise of betrayal is that someone's going to betray like one of the players they don't know who it is at the beginning of the game it's determined randomly or, or based upon you know how things happen throughout the game but they end up needing to attack or, or do something to uh obscure the other players and when that happens they have to um reach a conclusion <laughs> so either the players have to kill the, tra the trader or the traders got to kill them and usually the trader gets some nice powers and some cool effects to make that happen um so it's it's a great example of it i think pandemic and betrayal are the best ones for a true legacy game uh the next one i have on this list would be time stories which time stories is very unique in that it's a modular game system meaning you buy the board game and it's like a framework of a game and then you buy these card packs that go in and replace everything about the game itself. And it's a time traveling game where you go back in time and write some wrongs or change some uh, history, but it can, it can vary depending upon which expansion you buy for it. So while the game is around $30 to buy 30 to $40 for the base set, the expansion is only about $15 and they, it's a totally new game. Now the replayability is not great for it, but the, the experiences are very good. And mm -hmm. usually you're going to play three, two to three sessions for each one. Um, so 
cost per play is a little bit higher, but I think the quality uh, really shines on this one. Yeah, it's a really good summary of all these three games. Uh, going over all of these games, and we highly recommend. Um, was it? Is it I, mean, I would say Board Game Geek, right? As we yeah. as we naming these off, it, it'd be really good to just dive into that, type it in, because these are highly rated games that we recommend. Um, mm-hmm. And then, as for just to give a brief summary about what those three games that were what are they about or what are the game type pandemic is your co-op experience trying to reach a specific goal trying mm-hmm. to save the world um betrayal is uh you know i would say a D light you know what would you say like sure. a, a very you're, light. you're role-playing oh, yes. you're role-playing a, a character mild bit of, yeah you're role-playing your role yeah you're playing a character traversing a mansion and then things happen you sure. know that outcome is very dynamic we don't know it's 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 a it's a different story every single time and yep, time stories on D and D. It's pretty much I, actually it's a really really good example. So how about yep. time stories? What is that? Is that card builder or is that? No, not card builder. So you can think of this as a. Um, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure, where you get a deck of cards, and each of these cards can be a different location, and you go to the different locations and resolve the issues or resolve what comes up. So. Mm-hmm. That's a game I really need to get you on uh, trying out, but uh, I think you can probably check out some of the, um, you know, so beyond Board Game Geek, uh, you mm-hmm. can also go to a uh, a YouTube channel called See How It's Played, um, where they show you how to play board games uh, with nice video tutorials. A lot of times it's very difficult to read these uh, manuals, and sometimes this is 2019. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the videos? <laughs> exactly. So uh, it's. Uh, yeah, see how it's played, I think is the name of the series. But if you just type that, you'll see it. Um, and, and it's a guy named Rodney that goes through and just shows you like very in very nice, easy to digest format how to play each of these games. Awesome. Yep. Yes. So going on with really what what are board games now? Like different themes and different different types of games. The next thing we have on the list is co-op games. Because really like the past you have your competitive games like Rob stated before, but now there's games that really embrace the idea of having bring people together and going for a goal you're trying to beat the board game trying each to other exactly exactly <laughs> and, and that's true to an extent for some of the ones that we're going to talk about so uh pandemic just vanilla not legacy is a good example of this one uh legacy certainly is that but you can play like a single standalone game of pandemic and and uh, have a repeatable cooperative experience and just try to get better and betrayal's the same way until obviously the betrayal happens uh, someone <laughs> becomes the the adversary and it's it's competitive but up until that point uh, it's cooperative in terms of how do we try to deal with things and and how do we move forward uh, but one that uh, I think really stands out and was one of probably my um, one of the things that got me into gaming especially recently was this uh, this box called uh, Forbidden Desert mm-hmm. so I, I saw this, this tin box and it's got a desert on there and it's a uh, made by a guy named Matt Leacock, who's made Pandemic as well. Um, but it was just rated with yeah, like all these high ratings of like what a great game it is. So I picked it up on a whim and, and brought it home and just figured we'd try it out. And it became something that was a staple of our board game days because you could play it in about 45 minutes. Yeah, And it was very dynamic in a way because there was this unknown quantity of a storm that was moving through your location. So what you do is you set up a grid of five by five cards. And those are desert tiles and you're kind of moving around them. 
and you have mm-hmm. to explore them and uncover the desert to find things to rebuild an airship to fly out. Right. Yeah. Sounds pretty cool. Um, so there's all these abilities on like how you can like find things and everything. But as the storm moves around, it's layering sand on top of these. So they're harder to get to. <laughs> and it gets pretty dicey to where you're just looking around the table and realizing we're all going to die. <laughs> and uh, I remember playing with you. We've lost plenty of times actually with this. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. difficulty levels you can set. I think we tried normal. We, we lost the first time, um, but oh, then yeah. we started to go easier. Then we got we got more and more in tune with what the game was about and working together. And that's what it's about. That's what the co-op games are about. And that really, I have to say, mm-hmm. I agree with Rob on that. It's a good, it's a good game. Yeah. And if you're, you know, you're just thinking about getting into board games or you're looking for one to start off with. I mean, this is a $20 game. It's not very expensive. The The components are very good. Um, it, it's, it's a good time. And if you don't like it, you're not out that much money. True. Uh, this is one little thing too. Like, there's 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 combinations of co-op and and let's say competitive games. I I put one for instance like Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I don't I don't I don't I I know the storyline basically of deceit and deception that sort of thing. Well, you can play a Game of Thrones. There is only one true king. But how do you get there? Well, you can kind of work together, you know, with another faction and get to where you want to go. Um, so there's there's different co-op play for I've never all these seen that games. Though. Yeah, I've you really you never you've never seen that happen. I've really never seen it happen where one team <laughs> let another team win. <laughs> we won't get into that subject, but I'm a little salty um, <laughs> about that. Uh, yeah, I guess keep going here. Um, there's there's definitely more. Deep, there's deeper story, deep, deeper storyline yeah, games. So different from Legacy, I would call these campaign games. So these are right, games right. that you progress through a much larger story, but at like kind of an episodic rate. So while legacy has you playing, you know, kind of traditional board games, these are very much you know story driven and you may change locations. Um, in fact, in the two examples that we have, you definitely change locations and you change enemies and things get, you know, kind of di- more difficult as it goes along. So um, board game of the year, century, whatever, Gloomhaven, um, which is basically Dungeons and Dragons in a box. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a big box. A 22-pound box is the uh, the tagline for it. It is uh, 22 pounds of, of cardboard. <laughs> and that, that game is, is solid. Uh, you can unlock new classes. You can uh, go through this uh, campaign. Um, you can you can retire characters and start up new ones. It's It's got so much depth in, in it. And... I'm really impressed with just how much they were able to pack into that. It's a $140 board game. It's not for people that are, it's not for someone to just say, all right, I'm going to, I'm looking to play a game for an hour or two. This is, this is an investment of time. Well, yeah, this is an investment of probably, if you played every week, it would take you a year to finish this. And by finish, I use that in the lightest terms. Uh, that that's just like speed running it, I guess. Uh, th- there's a lot of modules, a lot of campaigns. And are you talking about a video game? We're talking about a board game because <laughs> it seems like it's interesting that how you're talking about it. So, yep. but Gloomhaven for this one, um, you need about four players. Again, uh, four players is kind of the sweet spot for this. So hopefully you have three other friends. If you don't, you should get out and and meet some people. 
Uh, <laughs> but we'll talk about some games where you don't necessarily need to have those. Um, but Gloomhaven is inter- is unique in this way in that you can also play with just two people or you can even play solo. Solo. So, yeah, you can uh, just pick a character and go through because it ramps to the difficulty of the number of players uh, playing. Yeah, I've, I have heard of Gloomhaven play, played solo um, from a from a person that basically their their wife and kids went away for a vacation and all he did was play Gloomhaven when they got home. <laughs> and he said it was one of the best experiences of board games he's ever had. So, I mean, it's just this, that, that says something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost just like sitting down playing that, that video game RPG, that deep RPG that you like. Yep, Hence definitely. the deeper you have, theme. You have a character sheet. You've got experience. You unlock new abilities and traits, new spells and stuff. It's uh, And when I say spells, I mean, that's, you know, you've got a barbarian, a wizard. There's like 20 different classes you can ultimately unlock. You start off with six, I think, to start off with. But there are just so many permutations and different types of uh, classes that you can be. Brandon, I think you were talking about maybe getting into this one, right? Yeah, man. You're going to get you? that to drop that $140? Not yet, but Not yet. I would definitely, I need to find a good group of uh, players because I, I have yet to find a good group of players to even do Pandemic Legacy. So Yeah, that's, and that's going to be tough. It's a tough sell. Um, this one might be a little bit more, this, this one is like the running gun equivalent of Pandemic Legacy. So if if you think of Pandemic Legacy as a group of scientists trying to save the world, Zombicide is a story of a bunch of psychopaths with guns killing as many zombies as they can in a short <laughs> amount of time. There we go. So <laughs> Zombicide is is basically a bunch of boards that you'll bring together uh, and kind of interlock them. And then there'll usually be some objective. Like you start on one side and it'll be this like prison, right? Prison's been overrun. There's zombies everywhere. Uh, you go and explore through it. Yeah, and you just blast your way through. Um, what's cool about this, though, is the campaign. Uh, as you go through the campaign, you can progress and you get new weapons. You get uh, new abilities. And they have a boatload of DLC characters that you can purchase and play as. So they've got, I think, last I saw, there had to be over 100 different characters you could you could purchase and play as. And they had some crazy anime ones. They had some, you know, very much uh, like steampunk stuff. It, it was it had a lot of different variations uh, for that. Um, they also have a different flavor of of zombie side called uh, Black Plague, which is a medieval uh, version of this. And mm-hmm. I think that's the superior version. It's also the newest version. Um, that one is a ton of fun. Uh, nothing's better than just swinging swords at zombies and casting fireball spells on them. So um, it's and sounds like also, fun to me. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely a lot of fun. They've tightened up the the rules a little bit, so it's actually a little more seamless gameplay. Um, it's it's a sharp sharp game. So I recommend Zombie Side <clears throat> if you are into more of a medieval style. Then check out uh, Black Plague uh, Zombie Side. Very cool. Very cool. Those are very deep games. We just talked about a little bit of those, but there are now theme games. Um, we're talking about a theme. We're talking about like franchises. We're talking about stuff licenses. That you know. Yeah, licenses, licenses that you know. Space right? Jam, the game. Space Jam, the game. So, Space Jam, the movie, the game. The movie, the game, yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. So what, what examples do we have then? Well, I think uh, we're all familiar with the PS4 game Bloodborne, right? Yeah, I hate that game. Most most of these nerds are. Yeah, yeah. most of these nerds would be. So 
Bloodborne, we all know it's a souls type game where you run around as a hunter and you're you know taking out these monsters that's essentially what you're doing in this one too um what happens is you shuffle these cards uh from a couple different decks so one of these would end up being a boss you know so types of cards within this deck that you comprise what they call the dungeon deck is uh seven monsters like just your normal mobs that you'd run across Mm -hmm. three boss monsters and then there's the boss of the dungeon right so the boss of the dungeon gives a ongoing effect that happens all the time. So the harder bosses might give uh, higher bonuses to the monsters. Uh, some of the weaker ones might just give bad effects to some of the players under certain situations. Like you can only rest so many times or you can only uh, go to what's called the hunter's dream so often. So Bloodborne is very much a deck builder where you go through, you earn blood uh by killing monsters and then at the end you tally up that blood and trophies to figure out who actually won as you go through you can spend these um you can spend your rewards on uh new gear and end up having more powerful attacks so it's a really cool aspect what's neat about this one though is you can also everything's done in secret before you actually reveal what you're going to do Mm-hmm. So there are some cards that allow you to kind of screw over your your other your other players. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's great when you everyone like sits there and agrees, okay, the only way we can beat this monster is if we all, you know, put our best effort forward. And then someone decides to go to the hunter's dream instead. When <laughs> it's all work together. Basically <laughs> a taking a vacation in the middle of the game. <laughs> so not only do you have to fight these monsters that are trying to kill you, you get to fight against the other well, you know, the decisions yeah. of of the the players. You have to fight the monsters right beside you, right? Exactly. And there's large penalties for not defeating a monster. So, to sometimes these monsters come out and there's just everyone's kind of depleted and there's nothing they can do. Run and hide in the hunter's dream and try it again next turn. And next turn has always happened for me on on, the, on that game, dying so many <laughs> times. I guess the yes. debuff would be two minute wait time for a loaded loading experience sure sure so you have died but it's a great game it's uh it's inexpensive and it's made by one of my favorite um uh board game developers uh eric m martin uh he's made a ton of great games um but this was a uh a good example of um yeah of a good team game um you guys like fallout of course, but not seventy six. Well, but you know. most people liked liked Fallout. <laughs> liked. So before Bethesda ruined it, did you know they also made a board game that people liked? Wow! Wow! Yeah. What's it so about? Actually, it actually just came out fairly recently, but um, it's actually themed after the uh, most some of the more recent games. So they have one on Fallout three, and then they have Fallout four, and Fallout New Vegas, and Fallout uh, California. Don't you say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you say that. Yeah. Vegas and be- oh and West uh no. Um no no West Virginia. So oh. they have these different scenarios that you can play out. And what's cool is they you are trying to accomplish a objective, which is something to the effect of um, you know, get the Brotherhood of Steel to like overrun the map mm. or uh get the um you know, one of the other factions. Um, Trying to think of like one of the other ones that would be good, but um, like you might have. Um, I just remember Garvis. What, what was this thing? The Minutemen. So you might want to get the Minutemen like established a foothold in like every city in there. 
So you end up, so you travel around to all the different spots in a Fallout map. And of course, there's random encounters along the way. And yes, there are death claws and uh, and Scary. radioactive ones. What what, the, what are those called? The radioactive ones? The uh, bads? I don't know. No. They're, scary. they're the ones that are super radiated. Yeah, yeah. They're, I just uh, remember those as being nightmares. Um, yeah, when they get show, power armor, things go bad. Yeah, you can get power armor. Nice. You can get. You can play as a Brotherhood of Steel uh, soldier. You can play as a um, any number of of different types of characters. So it's pretty cool and the fact that you can align with different factions uh gives it a, a nice theme because you might want the brotherhood to overtake but other people are playing against the brotherhood so it all depends on what you end up choosing as uh who you want to align yourself with very cool yeah uh, you have that game correct yes i certainly do um we, play it. we have played it it is really <laughs> good it's really good the uh four people that are familiar with fallout they love it because there's all these callbacks to different types of uh, interactions in the game. Um, I will tell you that the wives who played along with us uh, didn't quite get some of the reasons we were laughing or worried when we flipped over and saw <laughs> a death, death claw. Exactly. Exactly. Like, Ross oh, Ross. Is Gary there? Gary. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> so going on with like more theme games, I think there mm-hmm. is a game that we've uh, you know failed to mention, but is, is world renowned and it's Munchkin. Munchkin's oh, sure. a fantastic party game. Um, you know, it's it's a card, it's a, it's a card building game. It's it's fun to mess with your opponents, and that's the whole theme of the game. You want to get to a, the end goal, that's about it, right? But there's yeah. it's very goofy. There's plenty of themes, plenty of expansions. I mean, I don't even how how many expansions there are, but they're oh, all really fantastic. Yeah, yeah, in a nutshell, it's get to level ten. Now yeah. along the way you end up drawing from this never ending deck of cards, basically. And you've got, you know, cards, which are like, go up a level and, or you found a monster or, you know, all these other things. And what I heard, one of the sneakiest way of doing this um, was that people would have a monster come up and say, okay, the monster doesn't attack anyone that's like higher than level three. And they will be like level two. Right. So then what they'll do is they'll, um, they'll play a level up card on them, making them level three. And then the monster will attack them. So there, there's a lot of different ways to screw your friends over and to go from there. But yeah, a lot which is of all fun. part of the fun. All and part then, of the fun. Yeah. And Munchkin always died. screw your friends over kids. <laughs> no, Especially like Munchkin has a zombies, a wild west, a spy, a ninja, a oh, Dungeons boy. and Dragons yeah. is one. There's a Deadpool. There's a uh, X-Men. There's a Walking Dead. I mean, there, there's just no end to what, like, to all these different Munchkins. So, uh, find find a set, and you can get out pretty cheap on Munchkin. I, I think for like twenty bucks. I think the best I do see it everywhere. Yeah, is to start off with that with Munchkin Quest, or or Munchkin Deluxe, which gives you a board game and some uh, pieces to use, and that gives you a little bit more to play along with. All right. So to drive all of this home for the changes of, of what board games are now, there are even app-driven board games. And we're talking, you, you open up your phone, and it's required for the board game to function and you know enjoy the experience. Some, some example would be One Night Ultimate Werewolf, where you know it's, 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 it's a fantastic game where you have to figure out who's a werewolf, but with, with, with the actual app guiding you through. 
Um, that's just an example. It, it's mm-hmm. it's a really good game. Uh, Jackbox. I think everyone knows this. It's not really like a board game in itself, but you do buy it off of any of the app stores. Party, party, party game. It's a party game. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you everyone can log into your phone, and it, it's a specific game. We're all you know having fun. They're all goofy. They're all very goofy games. That's just what Jackbox is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just just overall party games. Something re- I recommend is Code Names. You can play with a bunch of people. It's one side versus another. Um, and I think that's that's really about like. Well, let's talk about just a, a quick a hot minute about some of these uh, the benefits Sorry. here. So, um, yeah, the ones that you went over, excellent games for that. And I'll just give you a quick synopsis of them, and then sure. uh, we'll be wrapping up pretty soon here. Um, but One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Usually, if you've ever played the game Mafia or Werewolf. Um, usually you have a narrator that is kind of guiding the action and is telling people to wake up and go to sleep and all that sort of thing. But with One Night Ultimate Werewolf, the app, the phone does that for you. So the phone will actually say, you know, uh, close your eyes, you know, look up, do these things. And what's really nice about that is everyone now gets to play. No one is stuck being, you know, the, the moderator. So moderator can be fun. Though, moderator you know, is a ton secrets. of fun. I love being the moderator, but sometimes that's an impediment because people don't want to do it. So the game never gets right. going. So um, this is, the, and especially if you, if you have fewer players, let's say you only have two or three players, the, mm-hmm. you need all hands on deck to be able to play. So for smaller groups, a uh, one night ultimate werewolf app can really make a difference. Um, Jackbox, you know, as he, as he mentioned, it's, it's really great that you can play with your phone. I was going to say, since all you millennials are already on your phones all the time, what you guys don't have phones, <laughs> right? When you're not playing Diablo eternal, um, then you can, you can look to play <laughs> Diablo uh, what? and code names. The last one that, uh, Andrew brought up just to give a, an overview of it. It's such an interesting game because what you have to do is you get this, you get like 25, um, just nouns on the table right and you the you have the code masters so one for each side one for each team and they know which clues or which codes belong to which team so they have to get the other people or the people on their team to guess which word they're talking about but make sure that they don't accidentally select one of the other ones so for instance you could have like you know boat and car right and it might be easy to just say, okay, water. But then let's say there's also like another one over here and it's like ocean, right? And the ocean might be for the other ones. Okay, well, I can't just say water for the boat. And then if you say sail, then I mean, there could be like some some disambiguation there of like, okay, which one am I supposed to choose? Is it is it the ocean or is it the boat? It's kind of Kind of a rough example, but you get the idea that there's some risk to just using very simple things. You have to be clever about what clues you give for your team to pick out which ones, because if they uncover the ones for the other team, then it's immediately the other team's turn and they got a free reveal. You can also, there's a assassin out there. So if you end up uncovering the assassin, it's game over. You lost. So it's a pretty interesting dynamic. Yeah. And it's, it's an amazing game. I wanted to put a little bit more context around it uh, just because it's so deep and so much fun and people can just drop in and out. It's it's a fun game that always gets a lot of play uh, at parties. I totally agree, and oh, thank you, Rob, for like bringing all of this, uh, all these board games to light. Um, it's Tons board games expert. Yeah, board games are a fantastic way with great social experience. Some are cheap, some are more expensive and deeper. But the idea is that I would say go look at these. 
I, I we can put the recommendations, you know, the names of them, so you can look them up. Um, but we just really want you to dive into some board games. It's just part of nerd culture now. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking to be somewhat uh, um, generous, you can also look to Kickstarter uh, to get in on the ground floor on some of these games. Uh, there's obviously such a trend. Yeah, well, obviously there's some risk there, uh, but sometimes you just know they're going to come out. So, for instance, I kickstarted the Hellboy board game, uh, which just arrived a couple weeks ago, and it's beautiful. Um, I also have the um, Horizon Zero Dawn board game too. Oh, yeah, which has wow. you lay out the tracks of the robots, and then you, as a team of hunters, take down the robots, and the robots keep moving in the uh, you know along the tracks, and you have to make sure you're not seen and everything else. So there's a whole bunch of mechanics around that, and it's pretty pretty cool stuff. Very cool. Very cool but I think stuff. That, I think if you were looking at board games and thinking about how to get into them, I hope you got something from our discussion here. We'd also like to hear about yeah. any board games we didn't talk about. So in the channels, uh, please let us know your favorites or if there's ones you'd like us to talk about in a future episode. Oh, they're not that good old Discord. That's right. Uh, That's right. We did board game talk over there. Or you could, I think there's a board game channel too. There is. There's a tabletop area now. They've upgraded. Mm. You know, we got D and D there. We got other games. You know, the idea is that there are people that want to talk about it, want to play, um, even online. Uh, there's definitely the the opportunity to talk with us. And that's in the podcast area on the We Talk Nerd. We even have an area where you can ask us questions. And those questions get fed directly to us so we can answer them on on air if you'd like. So highly recommend you guys go to that. And that's all part of our, our Discord community. The We Talk Nerd podcast is part of the Pixel Pub gaming community. For more information regarding our community and the games we play, please visit pixelpubgaming.com. Join our Discord partnered community. Gain XP for chatting, earn levels, and enter our giveaways. Please consider becoming a Patreon at patreon.com slash pixelpub. The We Talk Nerd podcast is made possible because of listeners like you. Support us by sharing this podcast with your friends and leaving us a five-star review. See you, nerds.